Hey, hey, what's up and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and this is the NAM 2020 Recap Show. And what we're going to be talking about today is all of the cool DJ-related hardware that has come out in the past month or so. You know, we call this a NAM Recap, but really what we're talking about is what came out in the month of January that DJs care about. You know, what a lot of these manufacturers tend to do nowadays, rather than announcing things at the conference, is to sort of announce them uh, a week or two or a few days ahead of time. And so uh, maybe they get some sort of marketing, you know, lead on that uh, announcement or something like that. And so uh, when we call this a NAM show, really we're talking about DJ hardware from January. It's an exciting time. And if you're like me, your feed starts blowing up with all these announcements uh, this time of year because the NAM show is the biggest conference of its type. It's uh, about all music instruments, not just DJing. Uh, DJing is just actually a small percentage of that. And so uh, what we've done for this episode is gone through, found all the stuff that you probably care about, and we're kind of combined it and compiled it into this recap episode so that you can see if there's anything else that you'd like to dig into a little bit further. Now, of course, if you're listening to this in your car or on a jog or something like that through your favorite podcast app, uh, there is a YouTube version of this episode available where we will be uh, showing pictures and things of the gear that we're talking about. might be a little bit easier to follow in that way. Uh, however, I've tried to make this uh, translate as uh, well as it can to the radio audience, so it really should be fine. I think I've edited it down to a way that makes sense, but if you'd like to watch the original videos, I'll put links to them in the description below. The first first thing that we're going to talk about is, of course, Denon Prime. And this year, just like last year when I went to my first NAMM show in Anaheim, California, uh, Denon is the one making all the waves. They made several announcements in January. Uh, they dropped a big bomb with uh, what we're about to talk, uh, talk about now, which is the SC6000 and 6000M players and the X1850 mixer. And then uh, several days later, they announced uh, a couple more pieces of gear, uh, really just showing that they're not messing around. Once again, they want to be the one uh, that's making a splash for this year's NAMM show, at least as far as DJing goes. Uh, so this video that I'm about to play, or at least the audio that you're going to hear from it if you're listening uh, you know, on your phone, is uh, we're going to be talking about the X1850, the SC6000, which is the new players, and then the 6000M, which is the motorized platter version of those players. Uh, this video was originally posted on the DJ Hookup on their YouTube channel. Um, I produced this for them. Um, we did a little bit of trading of content, and so I'm going to put a link to that video in the description if you'd like to watch it. Um, but basically, uh, this is going to be uh, a pretty thorough recap of that hardware, and I just wanted to kind of replay this part for you because I really covered it in great detail over there. Uh, and if you are looking to buy any of this gear, I highly recommend reaching out to the DJ Hookup. Uh, they're not sponsoring this episode, but they are friends of ours here, Passionate DJ. Uh, they're one of the best DJ retailers in the industry, um, and they're really great at working with, uh, you know, getting you the best price if you reach out to them directly. So highly recommend if you want to pre-order or order any of the stuff that we're talking about today, uh, maybe go check them out. But in any case, let's get on with it and talk about this new Prime stuff. Back in 2017, Denon DJ sent ripples through the industry by releasing their new Prime series of professional DJ products, and they're not slowing down anytime soon. Now, according to creative director Paul DeCane, the release of the new SC6000 and the SC6000M reaffirms Denon DJ's position as, quote, the company that listens. 
representing an ever-evolving philosophy to deliver flagship DJ technology to the professional DJ booth. Now, as a company who wants DJs to embrace the future, Denon has released updates and added new features to their prime hardware over the past couple years, making sure that hardware continues to deliver value. Now, they aim to redefine, or maybe re-redefine, the ultimate in main stage DJ tech. So let's start with the mixer first. The X1850 Prime is a four-channel digital DJ mixer with assignable digital and analog outputs, featuring rugged all-metal construction. And as you might be able to tell by the name, this is more of an iterative change. The new players push the envelope a bit further, and we'll come back to that in a second. So the mixer has 16 BPM effects like the original 1800, but it now has a quantize control. Now this is a welcome feature because it means that all your effect parameters should finally stay locked into the groove of your set. And the idea is that you can spend less time trying to perfectly dial in your effects timing so that you can focus more on the creative stuff. This was one of the complaints I had about the old player, so this is a welcome feature for sure. Now, in addition to the traditional BPM effects section, there's also a per channel sweep effects and filter knobs. And this gives you a nice level of control while keeping things pretty simple during a mix. Over on the right side is a touch strip that lets you quickly select the time division for the rhythm of your effects. And for the 1850, they've added a new three quarter beat setting. Now overall, the mixer has a familiar club standard type of layout. The expressive three band EQ actually lets you choose between a classic EQ style or an isolation mode. Independent filters on each channel let you sculpt the sound to your heart's desire with adjustable resonance control. Now, Denon says that the filters have a new, more diverse sound, though it's not quite clear yet how this differs from other prime filters. Now, there are two small OLED screens for making adjustments to your effects or changing mixer preferences. And speaking of visual feedback, the headphones Q buttons will actually change colors to match the custom color that you've set on your prime players. And this just kind of makes it intuitively obvious which channel that you're working with. Each channel fader has a nice smooth 60 millimeter throw and they're completely contour adjustable so you can dial in things however you like. Crossfader, of course, is also adjustable and in more ways than one. Denon DJ's Flex Fader system makes it really easy for you to adjust the tension of the crossfader or to entirely replace it with very little effort. Seriously, it's like four screws. Now, as is to be expected by now, the X1850 Prime is a dual USB mixer, making DJ handoffs or tag team sets nice and easy. And in addition, it works as a fully featured USB audio interface with five stereo channels, that's one for each channel fader, and then plus a stereo master. Now, if you connect this to a DAW, you could actually record in multi-track mode and have lots of great editing options. That audio interface is the same high quality that you've come to expect from Den and DJ by now with 24-bit, 96 kilohertz sound. All right, so let's swoop around the back and talk about connectivity and ports. Now here you'll see the power port, which contains an IEC locking connector to keep it from getting yanked out. There are two RCA pairs per channel, one for phono and one for line. There are also purely digital connections if you want to eliminate analog signals altogether. And by the way, the mixer also supports DVS right out of the box in case you're a turntables and timecode kind of DJ. There's a second mic port down here. Oh, there's also one on top of the mixer. And you can EQ the mics as well as engage a talkover function. Now the mixer has both balanced and unbalanced master outputs, as well as a record output, and a quarter inch booth output. 
There's a send receive system here in case the onboard effects from the 1850 aren't enough for you and you want to expand your creative options. And just like the original 1800, there's a five port ethernet hub built right in. Now this lets you share music from multiple players across the network or connect to stage link setups for event lighting and video control or even to connect to the internet. We'll talk more about this later. Now having the hub built right into the mixer is super convenient, and this really helps keep things tidy where you'd otherwise have to involve yet another piece of hardware to do this. Now finally there's the MIDI out port, and the 1850 features a new MIDI clock start feature. And this allows you to sync external gear, let's say drum machines or sequencer, or whatever, to the mixer's tempo and beat grid position. And this is very handy if you'd like to involve other kinds of digital instruments with your DJ setup. Okay, so now let's talk about the all-new DJ players, the SC6000, as well as the SC6000M Prime. The SC6000 is Denon DJ's new flagship, standalone media player, powered by Engine OS. Now the two most striking differences you'll see when comparing it to the SC5000 are the upgraded 10.1-inch high-res touchscreen with multi-touch gesture support, which is nearly the size of my iPad, by the way, and the bigger jog wheel, now eight and a half inches, which is a half inch bigger than the previous one. Now, these changes cause a few minor things to shift around, but overall, this is a layout that you'll already be familiar with. Now, speaking of screens, there is, of course, still that lovely little round screen in the middle of the jog wheel, which can be used to show track position, album art, and so on. And there's that lovely light ring around the jog wheel, which is color customizable and will match those cue buttons on the Prime Mixer. Now, personally, my favorite addition to the 6000? Well, just like the Prime 4, it now has an internal hard drive bay. So you can actually pop a hard drive into one or more of your players, store your music locally, and not ever have to worry about plugging in a USB stick. Now, speaking of which, the SC6000 also has built-in Wi-Fi and wired LAN connectivity for music streaming. Now, this effectively means that you can DJ from anywhere with a solid internet connection and not even have to carry a music collection around with you. The decks will buffer the entire track locally so that there will never be any hiccups or breaks in the sound. So once the track is loaded, it's just as safe to play as any other music source. At launch, the players will support the streaming music service Tidal, and actually customers will receive a free three-month trial subscription to Tidal Hi-Fi. And with some upcoming free updates, you'll also be able to tie into Beatport, BeatSource, and SoundCloud. Also being added soon via free update is the ability to use it as a controller in Serato DJ Pro. So if you live in that software, this upgraded Prime system should integrate splendidly. Now, of course, the SC6000 supports dual-layer playback, and if you're not already familiar, this means that each deck is effectively two players in one. Similar to a DJ controller, you can switch to a second layer, which is routed to its own mixer channel, doubling the amount of playback sources you can use. Now, this is still one of the biggest selling points of Denon gear, in my humble opinion. Now, based on customer feedback, Denon also added a standalone track preview mode with the fader detection to make sure you don't accidentally send a preview track out to the house. That would be embarrassing. And it supports instant doubles, too, so you can load a playing track into another deck or even another layer on the same player, and it'll start playing at the same tempo and position. The decks will analyze music on the fly instead of having to import to a laptop first to get waveforms and quantize and such working 
and supports Denon's best-in-class time stretch and key change algorithms to make sure that your music keeps sounding authentic and crisp. It plays uncompressed audio, like FLAC, ALAC, WAVE, and will actually import record box collections directly from the unit, maintaining your loops and hotcues. Now, if you use the Engine Prime librarian software on your computer, you can also import Rekordbox, iTunes, Serato, or Tractor collections, again, including hotcues and loops, and then export it to USP or hard drive for standalone performance on the decks themselves. On the surface of the unit, they've made a couple of minor aesthetic changes from the 5000s, giving the RGB performance pads, for example, a slightly more subtle look. Now, Denon DJ says that they've made these changes for increased visibility. Admittedly, I've never had any trouble seeing where these buttons are, but whatever, I dig the look. Now, having a look at the back, we've also got our RCA stereo pairs for both layers, as well as digital outputs if you'd rather use those. Next to that is an old quarter-inch remote start port, and then the three USB ports, one of them being the kind that you'd use to connect to a computer to use it as a Serato controller, for example. And then we've got that link port for networking all your players together to share music between them, or to use with stage link with various protocols for sending tempo information to visuals and light shows, or for connecting to the internet in case Wi-Fi makes you a little nervous. Now next to the power button, we have a Kensington lock and another IEC locking power cable for added security and safety. On the front of the unit, there's also an SD card slot and another USB port, probably the one you'd actually use with your thumb drive in a working DJ environment. And unfortunately, I don't have a good head-on picture of the front to show you yet, but it's likely pretty similar to the SC5000, with the ports being recessed to keep you from bumping your USB sticks and subtle illumination to help you see in a dark club environment. Now finally, let's talk about the M version of the SC6000, which is the motorized platter edition. That new 8.5-inch jog wheel comes with a larger piece of vinyl to match, and they added a quick-release function to easily remove it if you don't want it on there. If you get the SC6000M, it replaces that vinyl mode button with a motor button that lets you enable or disable the spinning. The torque is adjustable to suit your tastes, and the brushless DC electric motor enables finely tuned platter response for scratch DJs. The SC6000M is otherwise identical to the other player, so your desire for motorized spinning is really the only deciding factor between the two, though it should be noted that the M version adds a little bit over 5 pounds of weight to each deck. Okay, so that's the stuff that really got DJs initially excited uh, early on in the month of January. Uh, but then, like I said, Denon came back and they announced two more big announcements, two more big pieces of gear that are really going to be exciting. They fall right in line with this other Prime stuff. It all works very similarly, uh, but we're talking about the Denon Prime 2 and the Denon Prime Go, which is a sort of portable station that's battery-powered. Really pretty impressive. So let's talk about the rest of this Prime stuff. Alright, so first let's take a look at the Prime 2. Now a lot of people are essentially calling this a cut-down Prime 4, and for the most part that's true, though there are a few minor differences. For the most part this is a two-channel version of the ever-popular standalone Prime system. 
It comes in at a price of $13.99, so you save about 300 bucks over the larger unit. So here are the basics. It has a 7-inch touchscreen, that's opposed to the 10-inch found on the Prime 4, and it is also fixed in place, but it does support multi-touch gestures. Now, like its big brother, it contains a SATA drive bay, so what that means is that, yes, you can install a hard drive directly into the unit in order to store music directly on board. Now, it has those lovely touch-capacitive jog wheels with a little circular HD display in the middle, and that displays album art and so on, and it has eight performance pads. It includes the new standalone track preview function, which has been added to the entire Prime lineup. That lets you preview a song before you load it into a deck or send it out to the house sound. It's got independent effects units, a three-band EQ and filter, and it also lets you EQ the two XLR combo mic inputs. It also has an RCA auxiliary input in case you need that. Now overall, it's smaller, maybe a tad more cramped than the Prime 4, but its price and size make it maybe a more ideal choice for certain mobile and club DJs. Now there is a caveat here. If you take a look around the back, you will not find the line and phono inputs for connecting external gear. So if you're trying to mess with external players, play vinyl records, or say run a timecode setup, the Prime 4 is probably going to be a better suited option for you. Now the Prime Go is the hardware that really kind of caught everybody by surprise more than the rest. For $1,000, you get a two-deck, portable DJ console, which is entirely powered by rechargeable battery. When it's unplugged, it'll run for up to four hours. And the press photos show examples such as people using it on a plane and in the airport and stuff like that. And perhaps the most impressive thing is that, well, it functions just like the rest of the Denon Prime gear. It has a 7-inch HD multi-touch screen, dual bank performance pads for triggering hot cues, looping, and rolls, and it, again, has touch-capacitive jog wheels. Two XLR mic inputs that you can EQ and an RCA auxiliary input, standalone track preview, three-band EQ and filter, sweep effects, and it'll play music from USB or SD card. So, essentially, Denon has released a fully portable, rechargeable, no compromise version of their Prime system that you can bring anywhere and start playing anytime. So whether you're at the club, a hotel party, hell, sitting on a bus, you're basically going to get the same experience that you'd get from something like the Prime 2. Now, they call it no compromise, and feature for feature, that's probably true. But there is a little bit of weirdness involved and a few things that might take a little bit of getting used to. For example, the performance pads are above the jog wheel, where traditionally they'd be below. But probably the most odd design choice was making the EQ knobs horizontal rather than up and down. Of course, it's certainly doable, it's just worth mentioning as a quirk. Of course, as a result, Denon was able to cram lots of functionality into a pretty impressively small footprint. Now, both the Prime 2 and the Prime Go, of course, will support the Wi-Fi streaming capability via Beatport, BeatSource, SoundCloud, and Tidal. And again, customers will receive a free three-month subscription to Tidal. So yeah, Denon DJ says that together these units represent the pinnacle of fully featured, no-compromise, pro-level gear for mobile and club DJs. And honestly, they continue to deliver on promises like this. They've built their own little ecosystem where if you get something that says Prime on it, pretty universal in the way that it works. 
This is definitely an approach that I can appreciate. So what can we compare these units to? Well, there's really nothing on the market that's like the Prime Go. Not with that level of portability and being able to run on battery and just the entire feature set that it packs in. They've really carved out their own little piece of the pie there. Prime 2 is most likely going to be compared to something like the XDJ RX2. I made a review video of that a long time ago. I'll put a link to that in the description below. And look, the RX2 is a great device. Probably one of our most popular review videos, but at this point, it's pretty hard to compare them. Though they are in the same ballpark as far as dimensions and overall purpose, the tech on the Prime stuff is just way more advanced. You get way more features on the Denon, it comes at a better price, the screen is higher quality, and well, just all around it feels a little bit more next generation than the Pioneer. Now, however, the RX2 does have phono and line inputs, so that's worth taking into consideration. But then again, so does the Prime 4, which is pretty close in price. And then you'd be getting four channels and all the fancy new Denon goodies too, so all I can say is keep it up, Denon. I like seeing people making waves. Now, of course, Denon just keeps delivering and delivering with this stuff, but let's not leave Pioneer out because they also made a pretty big announcement. They released the DJM V10 mixer, which is just a big old six-channel uh, sound quality focused mixer very similar to what you would see uh, maybe on a high-end like Allen and Heath mixer or really it looks a lot like the uh, model one that Richie Houghton uses uh, so very uh, you know Tony commented on an earlier video that we made that it looked very techno I'll put a link to that video in the description where me and the guys sort of give our initial reactions when we learned about this new mixer but uh, yeah, let's move on and talk about the new Pioneer DJM V10. Now this new Pioneer mixer is definitely inspired by Allen & Heath mixers, or perhaps the top-of-the-line Model 1 mixer that Richie Houghton touts. For example, it's got a 4-band EQ instead of 3, meaning that the frequencies that you adjust are low, low-mid, high-mid, and high. Of course, this gives you a little more control over your sound manipulation, but it will be an adjustment for some people, unless, of course, you've used a zone before. Now, the filters work in a similar way, too. Most Pioneer filters are dual-pole, which means that it's off when it's pointing straight up and down, and you turn it to the left for low-pass or to the right for high-pass, kind of like two filters in one. But, however, on this new V10, zero is all the way to the left and the max is all the way to the right and you select whether you're using a low or high pass filter it has a separate knob for controlling the resonance as well which is a feature that i definitely welcome now according to the press release which i've condensed down just a little bit this six channel unit produces warm audio with energy and presence and it's loaded with unique features connect cdjs turntables and other line-level audio sources to the DJM V10's six channels, and use the specially developed four-band EQ to sculpt your sound. Fully kill the high and low frequencies, and play with the two mid-ranges, which use an exclusive curve to mold your mix. There's a brand new filter, too, controlled by the dedicated knob on each channel. Unlimited creative options are available thanks to the expanded send-return section of the DJM V10. 
You can route audio to one of four built-in effects and up to two pieces of external equipment. Assemble a custom setup by plugging in effects units, guitar pedals, and more to further personalize your performance. Route the audio back to the original channel or mix it straight into the master output. You can also choose to return it to a separate channel and tweak it further with the filter. And you can even use selected smartphone apps in your performance by connecting your device to the multi-IO port. Now that's a combination of a USB and a quarter inch port that lets you tap into uh, insert style effects or do things like record your set to the Pioneer app, things like that. After layering elements and effects with the six channels, you can use a three-band master isolator on the master output to drastically change or fine-tune the contours of your whole mix. And if you want to play raw, classic recordings with modern mastered ones, use the compressor, the first of its kind we've ever featured on a mixer, and blend together tracks you might have never dared to before. Simply turn the knob and the loudness of the audio from the selected channel will be boosted, resulting in a more natural mix. Now next they mentioned the new beat effects, it's called Shimmer. I haven't heard what this sounds like yet, but Pioneer says that it adds, quote, harmony and depth. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what that means. Okay, so some of my favorite things about the new V10. Firstly, there's the dual cue functionality. This mixer caters very nicely to multiple DJs, all the way down to letting you hear separate things in your headphones, so that you can both work independently while working together. I think that's a pretty cool feature, and I hope that it keeps showing up on Pioneer mixers in the future. Now, as mentioned in the press release, it also has a built-in compressor on each channel. Now, why might you want this? Well, the guys and I put together a first reaction video on the day this was released, and we did bring up a few scenarios. One's for playing unmastered tracks. This is something that a lot of DJ producers like to do, like play works in progress or maybe untested tracks to kind of sort them out on a crowd and see how they do. I kind of think of this as being like comedians testing out jokes on open mic night to see how well it works with the crowd before recording their big Netflix special. Another scenario might be playing older vinyl, especially really old records like from the mid-90s, 80s, 70s. You know, the days before the loudness wars, back before everything was compressed to death during the mastering process, there was a lot more headroom and dynamic range in a lot of recordings. If you've ever tried to mix tracks like that side by side with modern stuff, you might have found it to sound a bit weak. Now this can help bring those levels up to a place where it sounds like it belongs in the mix instead of being kind of jarring or quiet. It's also timecode ready, not only for Recordbox and Serato, but for Tractor Pro 3. Come on, Tractor, I'm still rooting for you, little buddy. So yeah, this mixer is meant to focus on sound quality. It has 64-bit mixing and dithering, 32-bit digital analog converters, and, well, lots of other geeky terminology that's supposed to work together to give you a full, vibrant sound. Now, of course, it costs $3,200. Not cheap. But a mixer like this is never going to be cheap. Actually, it is slightly cheaper than the Model 1 mixer that it so clearly imitates. But, to be fair, that mixer has fully analog circuitry. I know somebody will point that out in the comments if I don't mention it. Of course, the Zone 96 by Allen & Heath is fully analog as well. You can shave a full grand off the price by going with that. So yeah, maybe there's a little bit of Pioneer tax happening here, but it doesn't strike me as being out of line. 
In some ways it's like a fancy boutique mixer and you've got to pay fancy boutique prices. Is it the best mixer money can buy? Well, probably not, but it might just be the best mixer Pioneer has ever come out with. I'll leave it to you to decide if it's worth it. Okay, so we're going to drastically shift gears here. We're going to go from the most expensive thing that we've been talking about and go to a really, really inexpensive device, which is the Newmark DJ to go to Touch. This is sort of an iterative change. The uh, original DJ to go to came out in 2017, I believe. And uh, this is just a, sort of the next step for that. And this is only a $79, very small, portable, sort of entry-level controller. So... Let's learn about this new mark. The DJ2 Go 2 Touch is a portable, pocket-sized DJ controller that only costs $79. It lets you mix in two channels using the included Serato DJ Lite software. And though it's not meant to be a fully-fledged, pro-level, standalone DJ super system, it packs a surprising amount of punch for both its size and its price point. The controller has a built-in audio interface complete with headphone cueing functionality. And overall, it's not massively different than the original DJ2 Go 2. It just has a few minor changes except for one big thing. It now has touch capacitive platters. And of course that means it can now sense when you're touching the top of the jog wheel and it engages a scratch mode. Now this might be a feature that we kind of take for granted nowadays, but it's not something that you would commonly see on a tiny entry-level controller that costs less than a Benjamin. Most similar devices, if they let you scratch at all, either have a mechanical engagement for this, or you literally have to tell it that you want to scratch by toggling it with a button. Now according to Newmark, the DJ2 Go 2 Touch has power like a large DJ controller. Beginner and professional DJs can perform light to heavy scratches and blend the mix by nudging the side of the capacitive touch jog wheel. It's perfect for all DJ styles to prep for gigs, perform at small events, as a space-saving extra setup for big events, or as a great backup to a main setup. The out-of-the-box DJ2 Go 2 Touch comes with Serato DJ Lite and is upgrade ready to the full version of Serato DJ Pro. For first-time DJs, Serato DJ Lite now comes with demo music, providing an easy onboarding tutorial that will walk you through the basics so that anybody can start DJing right away. Now, of course, this is a very basic device, but it does include multiple modes for its four pads, giving you access to cues, loops, and samples. It has both an 8-inch headphones output and an 8-inch main output. So this would make it easy to connect something like a basic set of PC speakers, or using a Y adapter, you could plug it into any larger sound rig. Now impressively, you'll be able to stream millions of tracks right out of the box using SoundCloud and Tidal, thanks to the features available in Serato DJ Lite. And they even give you a two-month trial of the SoundSwitch premium DJ lighting software. Now that's really a pretty impressive device for $79. I know some of you more experienced DJs are kind of 
kind of balk at that and wonder why would I want something like this, but think about where we are with DJing, that the barriers to entry are so low that for less than $100, you can get something that can control lighting rigs, it can stream like the world's music, it can play in actual professional software, even though it is the light version of Serato. You know, this is software that you've heard of, not something that pr that's proprietary. And you can upgrade to the full version. Um, it's about the size, the size of it would be, if you've seen like a 13-inch uh, MacBook or 13-inch laptop, it would sit perfectly right on top of one of those. And it's, uh, oh, maybe the depth or the width of your cell phone. So it's really just a meant to be a completely portable device that has built-in audio interface and all that stuff several years ago this sort of thing would have just been unheard of and now they're adding the touch capacitive controls to the top to help be able to do scratching and things like that uh, time will tell to see how well touch capacitive jog wheels work on a controller that costs only $79 uh, we'll just have to see how Newmark does so we spent much of this episode talking about another in-music brand. That's the parent company of Den and DJ. They also own Rain, and Rain is the other company that just keeps dropping constant bombs and releasing great DJ gear. Uh, and they came out with a new battle mixer that's uh, sort of like a slimmed-down version of the Rain 72. It's called the Rain 70, uh, though it's very comparable to the Pioneer DJM S9. Uh, definitely, you know, a two channel turntablist style battle mixer uh, meant to be used either with turntables or with the Rain 12 controllers. So yeah, let's learn a little bit about this new Rain mixer. So the Rain 70. In some ways, it's a quote unquote cheaper Rain 72 but really, it's a fully-fledged and impressive two-channel battle mixer in its own right. If you haven't seen the DJ Craze routine that was released alongside this announcement, look it up on YouTube. It's a great watch, as if I had to say so. Now, the main thing that they've removed is that onboard high-res display that shows the little Serato waveforms. But, the simplified layout and the extra room means that battle DJs have a lot of extra space to work with. So here's the scoop. It's got all new and improved mag 4 faders my favorite thing about that is the fact that the cross fader is tension adjustable externally using a knob on the front of the unit so there's no taking it apart you just twist a knob to adjust the tension lovely it's made out of solid steel and like all rain gear it's ready to be beaten up by scratch djs it has six dual post fader flex effects engines and of course has those little effects paddles that let you quickly engage effects those are made out of die-cast aluminum, and they can be rotated 180 degrees if you so desire. And on top of that, it contains effects controls for Serato as well. It contains 32 MIDI assignable pads, 16 of which are literally Akai MPC performance pads. They do, after all, share the same parent company in music. With independent pad modes for each of the two channels, and easily accessible instant doubles buttons in case you want to duplicate the track that you're playing on a second channel for, you know, fancy beat juggling or what have you. The five pad modes are Hot Cue, Saved Loop, Roll, Sampler, and Transport. And above that you have looping controls and parameter adjustment buttons. Now around the back it has a USB connection hub so that you can plug in two Rain 12s. And just to remind you, those are the large weighted controllers that basically feel 
like using something like Technics 1200s but without the tone arm. They get lots of use in our Fam Jam video, so I'll put a link to that in the description as well. And having this little hub built in is very nice so that you don't have to involve a mess of wires by involving a traditional USB hub. It also has a dual USB audio interface, which makes it easy to perform DJ handoffs and such, and it has dual microphone inputs. So in all honesty, the Rain 70 is best compared to the Pioneer DJM S9. It's nearly the same layout and feature set. They both cost $1499, where the Rain 72 still costs about $1800. So, even though you're paying several hundred dollars less, you're getting nearly all the goodness of the 72, minus that lovely screen, of course, and you're actually getting improvements in a lot of areas, like those lovely new tension-adjustable faders. This new beast of a battle mixer will release in the second quarter of this year, and Rain says that the 70 is ready to take DJ performances to the next level in a portable, travel-ready battle mixer. So that basically covers all the major hardware announcements that happened in or around NAM 2020. There are a couple of smaller things that I want to announce. Uh, one is, well, not really smaller, but not specifically uh, related to DJs, but that's the Akai MPC-1. And uh, if you remember my NAM coverage from last year when I was in the in-music room, uh, I spent a little bit of time messing with the Akai Force. And uh, basically, this is meant to be a sort of an answer to like the machine studio or something like that, sort of that groove box uh, type of setup without involving a computer. And uh, basically, this MPC-1 is uh, the next iteration of that. It's, a little, it's quite a bit cheaper, actually. It comes in at $699, and it's uh, stripped down a little bit to uh, basically give you that computerless experience for just 700 bucks. It's really pretty impressive. Uh, it's a totally standalone MPC. It's meant to, uh, you know, like I said, be a standalone machine or Ableton kind of box. Um, this time it's a little bit more budget friendly, but it's got seven inch multi-touch display. It has 16 velocity sensitive RGB pads. It has two gigs of RAM and four gigs of onboard storage. Uh, MIDI in and out, of course. Eight total outputs. USB flash and SD storage and really it's just it's it's a pretty impressive unit I think if I had to make one request or one improvement to this device uh, especially considering who the parent company is having that sort of portable battery idea from the DJ Prime Go in something like this would have been amazing unfortunately this is not portable in that sense you do have to plug it into AC power um, I wouldn't be surprised if someday they come out with a battery-operated version of this because that would just be pretty awesome. The other thing that was announced uh, around NAM time was, uh, if you remember, Phase. That's the little um, device that you put on top of a turntable spindle, and it sort of sends a time code signal wirelessly to your DJ software so that you can scratch and mix and do all that kind of stuff without actually using real records or uh, you know tone arms or needles or anything like that um, but what they've done is actually made it made it so that you won't need to connect RCA cables anymore uh, at least with Serato you'll be able to connect just a single USB and it will work more like 
uh, the way that uh, Pioneer CDJs do in HID mode. In other words, it's not simulating timecode anymore. It's not sending that you know over the air. Basically, you just get uh, a direct USB connection, and you don't have to plug in a bunch of audio cables. So it's really going to minimize the setup time and just make things a lot simpler, a lot less fiddling around behind the mixer if you're setting up. And uh, you know, there's potential here for there to be fewer uh, dropouts or you know having the signal drift off and things like that uh, because there's not going to be any classic timecode signal it's easy for that stuff to get a little off the rails, whereas this is a much more direct connection. Uh, so yeah, less wiring spaghetti. Uh, once again, the key to this is going to be reliability, because that's something that FaZe was struggling a little bit with at first. Uh, that and getting their products out on time, which this time last year when I was covering NAM was a big topic of discussion. Is it coming out? And uh, that was why I walked up to the booth and said, hey, is this actually coming out? And they did deliver on that. And uh, I can appreciate that they want to make sure that their product is ready and tested and properly working before they release it into an environment where DJs are going to be performing with it. Uh, because the only thing worse than waiting for a product is having one that fails in front of, you know, a thousand people. So there you have it, folks. That's NAM coverage for 2020. I hope you enjoyed. I hope this helped. Um, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, uh, get on the YouTube channel or somewhere and post a comment, and uh, I'll do my best to get in there and answer whatever I can if anything in here wasn't clear, uh, especially for you audio listeners. I know it's kind of hard to envision some of the stuff that we're talking about without the visuals. So uh, get in there. Let us know what you think. And uh, what do you think about all this, you know, in music stuff? They're definitely kind of the stars of Nam right now when it comes to DJ stuff. They got Akai, they've got Rain, they've got Denon, uh, amongst other brands, and they just keep hitting hard with all this stuff. And uh, of course, everybody wants to know how is Pioneer going to keep up with this, and are they going to maintain their foothold uh, as the uh, so-called industry standard DJ setup? So let us know what you think. And until next time. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Keep on spinning.